Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing really well. It's uh, good to be with you this morning. Same here. I, you know, we had this conversation. I don't recall his name. We had a conversation with a guy that does virtual counseling. Do you remember his name? Yes, that was just a couple of podcasts ago. That was a Josh Spurlock. Yeah, and Josh, Josh made a. I laughed about it, but I tell you, if, if there's a comment we've had on the podcast, it's caused me to think. I've, I've come back to again and again. It's the thought that we have today. What What is that thought? Lay, lay into us here this morning. Uh, essentially, here's the thought that Jesus more than once disappointed people. <laughs> More than once, more than once before breakfast, I would say is, is fairly, fairly right. Yeah. And when Josh, and when Josh said that in the podcast, I think both of us were, I mean, I was floored. I don't know if you were yeah. floored. You laughed. Yeah. And I just like took this like deep <laughs> gulp, you know, like, wow. Yeah. I somewhere in my mind, Jim, I knew that. Right. It was really nice to hear it put into words. And, and I think that when he said that it hit us, both in like a ton of bricks and yeah um and so when he when josh was sharing that my mind went to jim um several things uh, in scripture several stories yeah. uh, and i'll share that with you in a minute but i just you know i wonder what your thought was you know when, yeah. when he said that you know, i i remember why i laughed i laughed because i was the guy that asked the question so so what do you do you know you you, you try so hard you want to help people you want to and he goes oh yeah you know Jesus never disappointed anybody did he and I just went I was laughing at myself because I thought that really is kind of a dumb question I was saying how do I please everybody and he's saying oh Jim don't it, it's not biblical if 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 the one who was perfect couldn't do it then what makes you think you and your imperfections and frailties ever have a chance and it was funny it it was it was a little shocking like you said a ton of bricks but it was a it was a a ton of feathers. It, it still crushed me, but in a really comfy way where it, it didn't feel like it corrected me. It gave me permission. It gave yeah. me, Jesus did this. There's now permission to not have to even try anymore to make everybody happy around me. Right. And that's what I'd like us to do today is, is yeah. not to, not to crush anybody with this, yeah. but to give permission. That's really the spirit behind this. Yeah. So when Josh said that uh, a few pods ago, my mind started going to some scriptures in the gospel, uh, you know, or in the book of Acts, even where uh, Jesus disappointed people, you know. So yeah. I remember in, uh, in Acts chapter one, verse six, uh, those who were closest to Jesus were gathered with him before he ascended to heaven. And they asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time to Israel? Yeah. yeah. And it was like he didn't even he didn't he didn't even address it. He talked about wait here and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll go preach the gospel in Jerusalem, yeah. Judea, you know, and to the uttermost parts yeah. of the earth. And, yeah. and it's like he ignored them. He didn't yeah. even disappoint them. He just, <laughs> he just ignored it. He didn't even yeah. address it. Yeah. Um, and then in Luke chapter 12, and we've, I've talked about this, I think, on the pod before. He refused to referee this dispute between two brothers yeah. regarding uh, their father's inheritance. And, you know, yeah. he disappointed them, right? He, he right. said, I'm, I'm not getting involved in that with you. And then mm -hmm. he just moved on. And, and then uh, just this morning, I was reading the account of Jesus' uh, triumphal entry. 
yeah. you know, into Jerusalem. And, and you know, it, it, it always gets me. I get emotional, actually, when I read it. Um, uh, he's riding this donkey into the city and the crowds are shouting and laying coats in front of him and, and, and proclaiming him king. And, uh, you know, they thought he they thought this was the moment he was going to take over politically. Yeah. And uh, and set things right. And again, he disappointed them. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over again. Over and over again. Right. Yeah. What I think of the one that's, that stands out most in my mind is the crowds are following him. He's obviously our next political leader. He's obviously connected to God. He's the miracle worker, the deliverer. He, he heals blind eyes. King Jesus, King Jesus. Right. And he stands up and says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, it's time for you now to go home. And I, I can't imagine being one of the disciples standing next to him because, you know, when he does something amazing and you're standing next to him, it feels good to stand next to Jesus when he does something amazing. When yeah. he does something that's just, you know, either you have to eat me <laughs> or, or go home. And, and I, I think that it's, it was more than just disappointing. It was mortifying to be standing yeah. next to him when he suddenly espouses cannibalism, you know, is what it, what it feels like in that moment. And he turns to the last 12 guys standing there and says, are you guys going to leave me too? Yeah. And I love Peter's response. He goes, I, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. You just blew up everything we've worked so hard for. I'm so disappointed, but yeah. I've settled something. And that is you alone have the words of life. Mm -hmm. So even though I don't understand the words of life today, I'm just going to yeah. hang on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I've, I've heard, and I think you've probably heard Jim more than one pastor tell us the reason that they overwork is because they don't want to disappoint people. I've actually heard that come out of the mouth yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. of leaders. Yeah. And, if I don't, then they will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I've actually heard verbatim. I work this hard because I don't want to disappoint people. Yeah. I, I'm a, and, and so, mm. you know, that might sound heroic. That might sound even spiritual. No. Um, but you know, on multiple occasions, Jesus did not do what people expected him yeah. to do. And yet the scriptures tell us he finished his mission. Yeah. He was a smashing success. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, when people talk and say things like that, Jim, I always drift back in my mind to when I was a young lead pastor, yeah. um, I was 29 years old and I operated under the false assumption that it was my job to make uh, everybody in our church happy. Right. I mean, how sick is that, right? Well, as a 29-year-old, I didn't know any better. Right, sick, sick, but almost universal, right? Yeah, sick, I think sick, so. But, but I, I think that's more common than not, that, you know, we, we do want to help people. We do want to make them happy. We do want to lead them well. And it's, yeah, eventually, if you're not careful, you become cynical, like, well, if I can't make anybody happy, then just... I just make myself happy. That's, that's a wrong reaction as well as I can make everybody happy. Right. And, and I, and, and there are, um, I think there are certain assignment specific things that pastors are called to do. Yes. And um, some of those things are, are things that really do encourage people and help people and build them up. But then there are those things that are not, we're not assigned to do. Yeah. And when we say the appropriate, no, or we, do something that is contrary to what people think we should do. Yeah. Um, that's where we can get into this problem, right? Of, right. of I'm afraid of disappointing people. And, you know, 
that might sound innocent, but that flawed thinking process, Jim, gave way to a difficult season of anxiety and, and suicidal depression in my life, which we've talked about a lot you know, together. And, and, you know, as I thought about it, I thought I, it begs this question, Jim, why? Yeah. Right. Why do pastors and ministry leaders and even business owners, I see this with business owners too, find themselves in these moments where they're deathly afraid to disappoint people. You know, what's, what's driving that, uh, that unrealistic, that unhealthy behavior as a leader? And I came up with a couple of ideas as yeah. I was thinking about it. Uh, let's, it's, a, it's okay with you. I'd like to talk about those. Yeah, first. hit me. Um, so the first one is a miss, uh, I think, is a misguided understanding of leadership. Yeah. Um, our job as a leader is to lead. (laughs) And, and often that means leading people where God wants them to go, even when they don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to make decisions at times that are misunderstood or, or unpopular. Um, you know, I think our, our, one of our jobs as leaders is to comfort people for sure, you know, but also to challenge them when they need to be challenged. So I don't know, what do you think about that as a contributor yeah. to, the, to the issue of, I'm afraid of disappointing people? Yeah, I, I, think, I think, again, if we start with the supposition that we will at some time or another disappoint people, then we have to decide what's most important. If, you know, so is it pleasing everybody is most important, that will destroy things that are actually more important than making everybody happy. So what is most important is your time with God. What is most important is your relationship with your family. What is most important is your own mental health, sanity, you know, security, things of those nature. Because those form the platform of of our ministry. So if we are awesome preachers, but our marriage is in dire straits, if we're we're great strategists, but our souls are dying, we we really aren't serving long term. We're we're a we're flash in the pan, but we're not a a long-term success. We're not creating fruit that lasts because once the, once the, the leader fails, as we've seen so often, so many of the followers, you know, stumble around as well. It's you strike the shepherd and sheep naturally scatter. Yep. It's devastating. So it isn't selfish to take care of yourself. Right. And it, and it isn't selfish to say at some point during the course of my day, as I serve the Lord, I'm, as I lead, there will be people that will feel like I failed them, yep. but my leadership, me being a leader versus me just telling them where to go or what to do or being there for them. Me being a leader in my heart, in my mind, in my home, in my walk with Christ is, is priority to the fruits of that. That's the root of it. Without root, there's no fruit. That would be my thought. And, and you know, as you're talking, Jim, um, I, it just became really clear to me that as a 29-year-old, I cared more about not disappointing the people in my church than I did my family. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm ne- I mean, that is a brand new thought. This yeah. like 15 seconds old. Right. That yeah. I cared more about that. And and so it's it's just this misguided understanding. And I think we need to get a better understanding of what being a leader really is. Yeah. Um, I also think another another contributor is obviously fear and or insecurity. You know, for sure. most most of my pastoral ministry. Uh, I, I confess to being a serial people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be liked. I, I wanted to be affirmed. I want people to think, I wanted people to think I'm a good guy. 
Um, but I didn't know that was there. I'm going to talk a little bit in just a little bit about how to handle, how to fix this. But Jim, those things were driving me, Yeah. but they were at a deep level that I wasn't aware that that's what was really going on. And, and so what I would do is just spiritualize my approach, right? Like, well, this is godly behavior. This is good pastoring. But what it ended up leading to was over committing, over scheduling, giving people power over my, my happiness. Yeah. Um, even giving people power over my sense of, of value. Yeah. And, you know, 12 years of that yeah. will put you in a pit. And that's exactly uh, what happened to me. Yeah. I, I think this comes out too, John, where, you know, if you never got your father's blessing, you look for an older man in the congregation to say that was a good sermon. If you, if you yeah. are, are not successful at home, if you're not leading well in your family, you, you look to then satisfy that desire to be a leader elsewhere and it pulls you farther and farther away. I, I, I come back to the foundations of ministry not being, you know, that we've read every book that John Maxwell ever wrote, which is great. You know what I mean? That we're not, we're not uh, you know, Bible scholars that, but I, I think sometimes if our, if our education has outlived what we're actually living, it, we have more, more knowledge than what we're actually applying this is yeah. when we really get into trouble. We looked at, I mean, let's be honest. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not 29 anymore. You're not 29 anymore. We're both well into our thirties. I'm about 25 years into my thirties right now. And, and I, I, I think I was faking it. I, I'll be honest. When I got up and received an offering, I received it just like my pastor received it before me. I, when I did announcements, when the order of the service, what songs, how I dressed, I was doing my imitation of somebody else. Yeah. And I think when you are doing your imitation of somebody else, it's okay to, to emulate it's not okay to duplicate because one, you're, you're evolving. The other one, you're just an actor. You're just right. a, you know, what the Bible calls a hypocrites, a, a, you know, a hypocrite, someone who pretends to be something that isn't something. I, I really think people can smell that today, much more so back when we first started pastoring the insincerity. Yeah. I, we've had enough, we had enough uh, fraudulent behavior. Maybe it's a, a gentle way to say that. Right. That people me almost expect fraudulent behavior before they you're you're suspected before you're respected from the pulpit yeah by, by a lot of people nowadays and, and maybe rightly so yeah and so jim we're kind of already buttoned up against time here you know uh, i wanted to take the last couple of minutes to talk yeah. about what can we do about this yeah so if you're a leader and you find yourself struggling you know how, how do you get more comfortable with this idea that sometimes people will be disappointed with you um, and real quick, just three things that I'd like us to chew on for just a couple of minutes, and then we got we got to wrap it up. One is remember. Here's the first one. Remember who you belong to. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You you know you have responsibility to the people you lead. Yeah. Responsibility to have integrity, to be <clears throat> compassionate, to show courage. Um, but we have a larger responsibility to Jesus. Yeah. Pleasing him and pleasing people sometimes go together, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. And ultimately, we will give an account to him of our leadership. And so I think that's the first thing is just remember, you don't belong to the people you lead. You belong to Jesus. And I mean, that sounds so simple. I can't even believe I have to say that. But I have to remind myself of that. Yes. Often. There's a saying that we say a lot, and that is, I'm every man's servant, but I only have one master. Right. And, and in that statement, there's a balance where they understand that if at the end of the day, you think I'm wonderful, and he says, I failed, I failed. And if you yeah. think I failed, and he says, I'm wonderful, I'm wonderful. 
I, I have to live with integrity before the Lord as a, I, you know, I perform for an audience of one, if you will, if that makes exactly. sense. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a liberating thought. I, I am your servant. You're absolutely right. But I only have one master and it can't be you. It has to be right. him. Yeah. So here's the second thing. The second thing I think will help is figuring out what's broken on the inside yeah. of us. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Because I think I think if if we're really struggling with this whole idea of I can never disappoint somebody, I think something is 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 broken on the inside. There, there's something wounded in our hearts that we're carrying from our past that I think causes us to have this irrational fear. Yeah. Um, and, and, but here's the thing, I don't think you'll be able to figure that out on your own. Mm. Uh, for me, it's always been a combo of the Lord pointing something out to me, but also having somebody, some truth telling person in my life yeah. who listens to me as I unpack some of those wounds and gives me perspective and, and yeah. helps me go dig deeper than I would by myself. Yeah. So we need the help of a counselor often uh, yeah. or a coach or a mentor to help us dig out those deep wounds that are contributing to our inability to uh, get free of this unhealthy fear. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's there because we're blind to it and you need people when I'm backing up and I can't see whoever's in the car, I say, what's behind me. I can't see. And they tell me, they tell me yeah. what I can't see. And I think counselors, good friends, good, honest friends, yeah. um, you know, coaches and so forth. Their, their role is to sharpen iron, which means parts of me are going to get scraped away in right. this process. Yeah. So let me give you one more. So the yeah. first one was remember who you belong to. Yeah. Never forget that. Remind yeah. yourself. And I remind myself every morning who I belong yeah. to. And that helps me I'll figure out what's going on on the inside of us. That's, that's, that's hurting. That's forcing us and driving that kind of improper behavior. And here's a third one. Be realistic. I mean, yeah. just look, if Jesus let people down, yeah. you will too. Yeah. If perfection disappointed people, we have to understand <laughs> that we imperfect leaders will do the same. Now, Jesus didn't disappoint people because he was lazy. Right, right. Or because he didn't care. He disappointed them when their agenda for him was at odds with his father's agenda yes. for him. And, and, and I'm, I just want leaders to give themselves grace here to, mm -hmm. to realize you are not Superman. You are not Superwoman. Yeah. You cannot possibly meet all the needs of people that God has called you to lead and pastor. You know, the, the Ephesians chapter four talks about the body. And how we contribute, every piece of us contributes to the growth and the development and the maturity of each other. So, right. so be uh, realistic. That would be my third piece. Um, and again, Jim, this is, uh, I don't think that's like a full-blown recipe for help. But I think if we start with those three things, yeah. we'll make some headway. And yeah. I think we need to make headway because if right. we don't, I fear we're setting ourselves up for real problems that um, take a long time to recover from down the road. Yeah. You know, John, when, when you went through what you went through, I, I think the statement I'm about to make is true and probably applies to me. Maybe it applies to you as well. But because of my frailties, weaknesses, misunderstandings, uh, I could be manipulated. And when you yeah. can be manipulated, you attract manipulators. Mm. When, when you're a puppet on a string, people who pull those strings show up somehow. 
Yeah. And I remember writing sermons saying, well, I can't say that because brother so-and-so would be upset. I can't say that because sister so-and-so would be upset. I can't, you know, and you find yourself just like, who is my Lord anymore? At some point you kind of go, who is my Lord? Who is my, I know my savior is, but I can't quite tell who my Lord is anymore because I've, I put people on a throne. They really don't, I'm not blessing them by letting them pull the strings. And I really, I need to be the one that cuts those strings by saying these things, you know, I, I belong to Jesus. I figured out what's broken inside of me. I, I am realistically going to disappoint certain people at certain times. It's actually the best thing you can do for those people is to, is to cut those strings. And, that, and the best thing you can do for your own soul. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, John, thank you. I, I, this has been, oh, what is this pod number 80 or something? 81. Yeah. I, I think this is my favorite. I think you and I both had a therapy session in front of people and we feel better. <laughs> so um, God bless you, our wonderful listeners. We, we pray for you. We know what you're going through. We've been through it and continue to walk through the same struggles. And the other, I just believe that we're going to get through this, this wonderful um, opportunity, this honor to serve the Lord and his people healthy and to produce fruit that lasts. So God bless you. If there's ever anything we can do for you, John, how, how do they get a hold of you to, have, to continue a conversation like this one? Yeah, just head over to our website, convergecoach.com, and you can click on the contact us link. And that's the uh, entry point to a conversation with us. Yeah. And press like, press share, send this around. Let, let's let's do it, see what we can to, to help some people, give them permission to be disappointing um, in Jesus' name. I think I said that right, you know? <laughs> so God bless you and uh, we continue to serve, to pray, to, to do everything we can as you continue to lead from over. That was good.